Hey guys, it's Lori here, and we are so excited for you to hear this episode with my friend Stephanie. But before we do, we did want to pause and take note of the current cultural climate that we're in. Yeah, we recorded this a month ago before the world went into a state of turmoil with COVID-19. Yeah. As we aren't just a teaching podcast, but one that cares for your heart, emotions, soul, and mind. Yeah, we are the hole in my heart podcast, not just the hole in my head pod. No, we're not the hole in my head podcast. So we want to care for your heart. Yeah. But we do have, um, in, in caring for your heart, we have some great resources here on the podcast. The guy sitting right next to me, who is not only just an Argyle expert, uh, but he's also a licensed therapist. I am. And and guys, I just want you to know that if you want counseling with me or someone on my team during this crazy time, we are doing video chat counseling slash mentoring now and have been for years. And you are welcome to reach out to me for a free 20 minute initial conversation to see if our team is right to be able to care for your mental, emotional and heart health. Yeah, to find out more about Matt and like to talk to him for that. It's 20 minutes that you do it. Yeah. Uh, you can find him at, where's your site? It's Matt at caringwell.net. The website is caringwell.net, but my email is Matt at caringwell.net. M-A-T-T-C, and the caringwell is C-A-R-I-N-G-W-E-L-L dot net. And guys, one more thing I did want to say. You have been so kind in um, reaching out to us and... Uh, just asking how we're doing specifically financially and just thanks. And, you know, it is a challenge. There are like we are an event, primarily an event based yeah. organization that brings in uh, finances that way primarily. But we also bring in partnerships. We, we are supported by partnerships with you all. So if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that we shifted uh, in order to avoid unnecessary suffering is what we felt like it was. Um, but we shifted from a nonprofit status to for-profit status. And there are people who are still supporting us. Some of you listeners are so faithful. And so if you want to join the crew, by supporting, partnering with us with five bucks, 10 bucks, anything. It honestly just means so much to us. It just says that we see you. <laughs> That's a little throwback to the core needs series. It just says that we see you and that God sees us. And if you guys wanna become a monthly supporter, 20 bucks a month, just to keep what we're doing happening, we're gonna send you a Journey Well study book. And so if you support us at 20 bucks or more a month, we're going to send you a journey well study book, uh, just as our way of saying thank you for the support. But without any further ado <laughs> and any more interruptions from our little children, you might've heard a little voice or clap in there. <laughs> we're recording this from home. We're quarantined. Uh, but without any further ado, here is today's episode with Stephanie. Thanks guys. Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 118, Our World, Tough Conversations with Friends. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Lori Krieg, and we are coming at you from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I am alongside my favorite licensed therapist and Argyle expert, my husband, Matt Krieg. Hey. Hey, Matt Krieg. And we have our producer and the most professional radio voice among us, producer Steve. Hi, guys. Hey, Steve. And today we are continuing 
our mini-series called Our Worlds. This is a three-parter, and this is where Matt and I literally open up our world to you all. And we're doing this because the theme for this season is practical. And what better way to get practical than opening up our actual real life? (laughs) Another goal for this season was to dive further into even other challenging conversations in addition to the sexuality and gender piece and and alongside it. So today we're literally going to do that with the racial reconciliation conversation adjacent to the sexuality conversation. And we're going to do this, open up all of this with my friend, Stephanie Tolley. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so glad to have you here. For those of you who don't have the privilege of being friends with Stephanie, here is a bit more about her. She's a follower of Jesus. She believes in the power of story, music, prayer, and humor, which she already got us cracking up in the studio. Maybe that'll be a little bit of the bloopers at the end. Uh, But she was raised in the south suburbs of Chicago and now lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan where she is a heart and vascular nurse. That was some of the jokes she was throwing us was <laughs> about the jab. Uh, she's also a wife and mom to two kids who are seven and a half and six. And she also serves as a part of my discernment team, which if you guys have been following the podcast and following our ministry story, you know that we shifted from the nonprofit status to a for-profit ministry in order to essentially avoid what we believe to be unnecessary suffering. And uh, as I didn't have to have a board of directors, anymore as a for-profit, but I was advised um, by some really wise people in my life to build a discernment team to both like look into the financial piece as well as to really steward my time. I feel like you guys are really encouraging. And I asked Stephanie to be a part of that because she has a gift of prayer and just like cutting to the chase with like grace, but really like there's, you did it this weekend. You're like, you just call me like, girl, can I just pray for you? Yes. Like, yes. Thank you. Yes. So Stephanie, I'm so glad that you're here and thank you for engaging, helping us open up. Cause I know if we're opening up our world, you're opening up your world. So thank you for that. Um, and for engaging this conversation of sexuality alongside, uh, the racial conversation. But before we do that, let's just do a little question of the week. Keep a little light for a hot second. Uh, and that question of the week from last week is if you had your own talk show, or your own podcast, Stephanie Tolley. Yes. Who would your first guest be? For sure, Joanna Gaines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. Come on. What would you ask her, though? All of it. <laughs> I would ask her all of it. Would you be like, how'd you get to be so amazing? I, you what know about what? Jesus? I, I would actually ask her how her faith has, has really formed her goals. I hmm. mean, how it is she stays stunning. Yeah, right. You know, in the midst of all the short people that look like her. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I know. She, I mean, Grace. Yeah, I'm sure. Grace. And maybe a nanny or two. But it seems like they're really involved with their kids, too. But this is not the Joanna Gaines podcast, although I'd like it to be for a minute. Uh, <laughs> Matt Krieg, which listener were you like, yep, you? All right. I, I really resonated with what Joanna said on Facebook. She said, Joanna Gaines? She follows <laughs> yeah, us? Joanna Gaines. Exactly. Her. No, not Joanna Gaines. Different Joanna, but still as valuable a human being. Uh, she just said, oh, what an intriguing question. I don't have an answer yet. I need to ponder it. Hmm. Um, and the reason I resonate with that is because I'm walking in here, a little confession time. I'm like, I need to think about this, think about this. 
And then throughout my day, I didn't think about it. And so I'm walking in to this recording like, oh my goodness, I have no answer. I need to think about it. But then an answer came to me and it's going to be very different. Why? Because people would think I would, you know, obviously we do this podcast and we've interviewed a lot of people. But if I was to have my own thing, my own talk show, it would be completely nerdy <laughs> and nothing <laughs> at all serious. <laughs> and, and so the person I would have on is actually, his name's Jeff Wheeler, who is the author oh, of yeah. some of our favorite nerd books. Yeah. Um, that, I'd be that in actually on that. Lori admits that made her like like sci-fi fantasy type Shh. type book. So Lori's a nerd, <laughs> and Jeff Wheeler made her so. Thank you, Jeff, if you're out there listening. Listen, you know what? I feel like I I am the nerdy girl that married the cute boy. Like that is me. I did. So I, I'm there. I got it. Matt was yeah. the I was like nerdy about some things. Matt was the super nerd, and then he slowly coaxed me into the dark yep. side, yeah. which is a nerdy reference in and of itself. I may or may not have started restarted a, one of his series last night. Jeff Wheeler, <laughs> I would listen to your podcast, Matt. Thank you, Steve O'Dell. Uh, okay, so I like what Mike said on Facebook. He said my top five people I would want to sit down with are John Mark McMillan, Post Malone, Mike Rowe, Tom Waits, and the Craftsman. I don't know all those people. Well, do you? I know Mike Rowe is Dirty Jobs guy, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Post Malone. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got like face tattoos. Right. Your that, mom has that face scare tattoos. me. Oh, um, but I think. <laughs> no, sorry, I don't know. I'm so Wait, snarky. Whose mom there. are you referring to right now? Um, Matt's, mine, or Mike's from Facebook? Um, <laughs> my own. Oh no, I just felt like it was the appropriate sorry. thing to say. I don't know who the craftsman is, but mm -hmm. he sent a link that I, I might watch later. Could okay. We? Probably Google that. Yes, probably. Um, I'm going to steal Mike Rowe. Yeah. Because I like him. Yeah. And he also does a podcast. He's just a really smart guy, but he's also, I don't know, just very brass tacks, I guess. I like how you said, I like him. Like you're like <laughs> waiting for someone to fight. You're like, no, I do. <laughs> Bring it. I I'm like him. I'm saying it now. <laughs> um, also, I'm going to add, has anybody ever heard of Matthew Pierce? Yeah. No. Oh. Um, Matthew Pierce has this blog that my wife found. He uh, frames himself as a Christian thought leader, mm -hmm. and it's very satirical. Oh, it's funny. it's oh. very sarcastic, and it's just really, really funny, and oh, maybe cute. sometimes a little inappropriate. Oh. Um, I appreciated what Elle Wasco said on Instagram, and she just said straight up Francis Chan. And why right. would I mm -hmm. want to interview right. Francis Chan, guys? Have I tried? I have tried. <laughs> I reached out to his people. For sure. Have I texted Preston and asked for his number? Maybe. The answer to that is actually yes. Can't confirm or deny that report. I know. And Preston's like, if I had a dollar for the amount of time. So anyway, <clears throat> I have yet to be able to interview Francis Chan. <sighs> Maybe in heaven. That'll be fine. And it's good. It's good. Yeah. We need all You've the boundaries. all of eternity to interview Francis. <laughs> and he'll be like, I need, a, I need a restraining order. Can you get those in heaven for this weirdo? <laughs> I think he could handle himself. Probably. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. in our sanctified selves. I oh, won't yeah. be as cray-cray as I am now. All right, Stephanie, you know what's coming. It is these two questions, which is, if the gospel is, I am more loved than I can imagine... And yet more sinful than I believe. When was that gospel first good news for you? And how is it still? I'd say it was during a vacation Bible school. I was about six. 
I remember peeling my thighs off of a metal folding chair, going forward at yeah. the wrap up, and it, and I, I just remember, in my mind, thinking this this is it. Like, I grew up in a Christian home, and my father, and my mother, very much gave us the gospel. And at that time, it was like me giving up, like, okay, fine. But it was a good, it was a relief. It was, it was a peaceful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, and during the 80s, they had that music. There was the flannel, the flannel graph. Oh, yeah. Those boards. I mean, so it was all coming together that week. <laughs> they, they pulled out all the stops with the yes. music and the chairs yes. and the flannel graph. They kept it relevant. Yes. Very. <laughs> I'm guessing there was some graham crackers and Kool-Aid as well. There was Kool-Aid. Yeah. But... It, it definitely wasn't sweet enough. Oh, you remember that? <laughs> I love it. It's not. They stretched that Kool-Aid. Yeah. They did. They did. Oh, the I mean, lemonade church. Kool-Aid. It's like church coffee and church Kool-Aid. I mean, some pe- anyway. So. <laughs> Shortbread cookies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, how do you still need that gospel? You know, I would say this past year. Yeah. Um, I had a bad accident actually almost a year ago. Mm. In two weeks, I we were having a, a dinner party, and long story short, I tripped and fell out of my house downstairs. I broke my left ankle and tore my right quad tendon, mm. and so I was I had a bilateral injury and I could not walk mm. for a long time, and mm. so that was like a humbling thing. So I I'm a nurse, and so walking is required in my job. Yeah, so I was off of work. Um, I will say my coworkers are amazing. Mm. They did several of them came by just to see to see my feet in the air but I, I will say it was humbling I think the Lord met me he literally broke my leg like it was just one of those things you know Psalm 23 he makes me lie down in yeah. green pastures I was made to slow down mm. um, I, I like things organized and planned and controlled none of that I'm, I had to my mother-in-law came over to my house and I say mother in love because Mama T, she's the best <laughs> wedding gift I ever got. Like mm-hmm. for real. Mm-hmm. Um, every day, five days a week, this woman got my children up, cooked clean. And I would literally couldn't even, I couldn't give my kids a bath. And it was, the Lord caused me to give up control. And so it was, it, it's been um, a reawakening of his grace. Yeah. Of me recognizing um, how how I clutch control, mm-hmm. how I um, how I like to control things around me, my environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Lord is peeling my hands back from a lot of that, and um, I am His grace is is surrounding me, is grabbing me. Mm-hmm. Well, I can already relate to a lot of that. I know we've had some conversations about those things. Um, But guys, you who are listening, as we dive into this race and sexuality conversation, the purpose of it is to demonstrate how we can have these conversations and we're not going to necessarily solve all racial tension and sexual brokenness. But I find that simply learning to talk, like just kind of getting the language is really important and can fight the polarization that we're seeing in the world. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, I, I can... I can dance circles kind of at this point in the LGBT conversation, sexuality, like it's, I know it, I know how to engage it. And if I don't know it, I'm like, I know how to at least ask the questions, but I can get sometimes a little awkward around the racial conversation because I don't want to offend. And I also am like, 
aware that I'm not aware of how I'm offending and saying the wrong thing. But, you know, we've had one conversation about um, racial reconciliation on here, like directly with Kanita. And I told her I appreciate how she lets me ask the dumb questions, quote unquote. But and you you do the same for me. But one thing I've really appreciated in my sharing my story of sexual brokenness, you willingly just like were like, oh, and this is how that relates to my journey. So let's let's engage there to where we can relate. And I guess just specifically beginning with how did we first interact? Like, what was that that brought us together? Actually, it was interesting. I was listening to Java with Julie. Yeah. Um, I, w- I had gone back to Oak Park where I call home. In, outside of Chicago? Outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I was at the Y, I was on the recumbent bike, and, you know, making it sweat. And <laughs> I I was, and I heard you, like, shout out Grand Rapids. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then I just listened to your story, and you and your husband, it, I mean, it was, like, amazing. Mm. You know, it's, like, slow motion, but in sound. Yeah. And... Immediately, when you talked about the shame that gripped you yeah. and how you hid that, I immediately, it hit me because at that time I had, if you back up during the 80s mm-hmm. in South Suburbs, yeah. I grew up in South, a place called South Holland. Back then, there was, it was mostly white mm. and we were one of the few black families to be, to live there, actually mm. one of the first. Wow. And... Uh, I went to uh, a conservative reformed church and we were one of the few black families in that, 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 that space. And I, you know, I remember um, always being so attracted to all these white boys. Hmm. And I was like, man, I, I, and in my, in my mind, I was like, I gotta get rid of this. Cause that was a, was that like a, in your family culture, like a bad thing, or was that? In- it, it actually wasn't. Huh. It wasn't a bad thing. In my mind, I, you know, kids pick up on social cues. Yeah. And I understood at a very early age that was not allowed oh, in my okay. church. Like, in there your was church, in your school, in anywhere, specifically yeah. church. And well, specifically, yeah, those, those close circles in my life it was like we love you and you're christians but you you know um, you're not dating my son i mean and that and that and and that's just how it was mm-hmm. and um i and and so in my mind i just was like i'm not telling anybody about this i'm gonna put this away and mm-hmm. i remember um trying to like talk myself out of it mm-hmm. and i prayed i'm like i don't want to like these little boys because yeah. As it is, I was very much aware of how different I was <laughs> and how I was um, other, other. If, if that's a term. And so there was just a, and back then there were a lot of things that were said to us, um, said to my mother, said to my father, things that want, happened to our house. Like what? Well, when we first share. moved in, they, they threw a, um, a log through our front window. Who's they? Do you know who the they is? We don't. We don't know. It was the middle of... I remember it was It was like January. Oh. I was five. And we had these large windows in our living room. And they, in the middle of the night, we heard this big crash. Oh. And then cold air. So I will say our, our neighbors, our immediate neighbors, most of them were pretty civil. But it was like, you know, there was definitely words that like, you know, your kids aren't allowed it 
playing with mm. our kids. So mm. it, it is something that um, has molded us. One thing we always watched our mother. My, our, my mother um, was always like, you know, you have to feel sorry for those kids because that's that's what they believe and wow. that's pitiful. Yeah. And my mother always said we should pray for them. And but there's, I mean, we there's eight of us. I have seven siblings. We all have different personalities and we absorb that experience in different ways. Mm. And I think in my mind, I always thought I didn't want to uh, have like this. And, and I was, and I remember, you know, when you're growing up, you're 11 and 12, you have these crushes. Yeah. I had like the worst crush. And I remember and I was like, man, like I got to keep this under, like nobody wants to be rejected. And I mean, I was like, I wasn't that cute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, I mean, I had, so I just, I think for myself, it was just self-preservation, mm -hmm. but I did carry like a lot of shame that I couldn't make this go away. If that makes any sense. So when you heard, first of all, I just am like, ugh, I want to cry right now. But um, I hear how you could have related to my story then mm -hmm. at some level, even though I'm like, oh, no, that's a whole different ball game. Like I didn't have bricks thrown through the window and it wasn't my whole family. It was just my own personal shame. But you felt that to your core. Like yeah. when I was talking shame and feeling like. Okay, I feel this, but no, the answer is no. It's an automatic no, and you have to hide it and bury it, and you feel like you have to hate yourself to get rid of it, but it just doesn't go away. So I know that we've compared some of the, the pain in our story, specifically this area, but I would love to just hear how has God done healing of that that shame in your life and, and how, you know, now you're married to a white dude. Like, how did you process that? I think it, it's kind of like, you know, typically people say onion. There are several different seasons of yeah. healing. Yeah. I think in terms of just um, early, I had um, a youth group leader. Her name was Sherry Herman. She was a Jewish lady who got saved. Her husband at the time Roy was not saved, mm. but he, he did come to Christ. He is in the Lord now. Yeah. And she was all, all in. She was, it didn't matter what you look like. And, but she had a particular soft spot for our, our family and myself and my brother. And she spoke such affirmation mm. into my life during those formidable years. Yeah. And she, she would um, always, you know, God loves you. And, and at that time, you know, it, was, it, it seemed simple, but it was like this person loving me on top of loving me. And God used a lot of her encouragement and her sound wisdom and just watching her, her life and watching how she loved us mm. as a healing balm. I here's a question. Okay, so now I want to do some comparison too. Is people will say to me, Lori, I can't love LGBT people like you can, mm -hmm. or I can't, you know, or I can feel like that when it comes to the racial conversation. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm intrinsically can't do anything because I'm white. And I feel like I'm just like, I, I almost feel shame. Cause I'm like, I want to, I want to love it. I want to do things right. But like what you're saying is like, no, just speak love. And that's what I'll tell people 
in, in the LGBT conversation, no, you don't have to have my story and my struggles and my whatever in order to love and care for LGBT people. You just have to speak it. So can you talk a little bit into that? Like why it wasn't necessary to have someone who looked and walked your exact shoes to speak life into you? I think it's it's kind of like if you go back to scripture, we're all connected. And then yeah. God, God, we are one body, yeah. especially us in Christ. And God has, you know, in the, the arm and the leg and he's given gifts, different gifts. And so I think that like our outsides are unique because I really, I'm going to be a black girl forever. Yeah. Like in, in heaven, yep. this is it. This yep. is how I'm going to roll. Yep. And, but in that perfection. Yeah. And I think that the Lord, I think, um, gives, uh, a call. Like I have a friend, her name is Joan. She's in my Bible study now and she is a single Dutch, um, white woman. Mm-hmm. And she, the Lord has given her a fire in her bones to be, a haven for foster children. Mm. And in this area, she's, she's most likely going to get little black kids. Yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. And she, that, but she, she knows cause she knows cause she knows that, that God has given her this call mm. and she's, she's listening. So the spirit being, being sensitive to what the spirit has given you yeah. the assignment, so to speak, or divine appointments, however you want to speak, how, whatever language you can give, you want to give it, mm-hmm. um, is, is important. And I don't, I don't think, you know, it's interesting, you know, you go back to that story, Moses is in, in, in the wilderness, minding his own business and he sees this bush. And so he goes over and, you know, the Lord's like, hold up, hold up. You, you got to take your shoes off, friend, because this, this here is holy. Yeah. And then um, he finds out, fast forward a little bit and God tells him what he gives him his assignment. And he like in the presence of the Lord says, nope. I can't do it. I'm stuttering. I mean, he, his, his, his brokenness, um, he tried to let his brokenness stop him from doing what God had had purpose for him to do. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us um, have made mistakes, had hard conversations, offended the wrong person. Mm -hmm. And it's been a painful, awkward experience. Don't let that stop you. Keep walking, you know, being, being present practicing God's presence, but keep walking in that assignment God has given us. Yep. Yep. And give each other grace as we're stumbling through it. And I think that some of it too, it's like with the same measure that you judge others, you'll be judged. And I think that if we're judging others, like if, if I was to be like, Oh, well mm, you said that line wrong. You didn't call that person that right thing. You know, if my, if I'm being judgy of others, then I'm going to judge really myself that way. Cause I'm going to be like, well, I'm, I can't be perfect in these other areas. I'm perfect in this one, but not in that one. And so then it's going to paralyze me and that's gross. So if we can give each other grace in this space. Okay. So, um, God used a woman to heal and care for you. I, I want to finish your story, but real quick, because this is important to note, mm-hmm. we're comparing already this, like, pain and beauty with the the racial conversation next to the sexual brokenness thing but being black isn't broken you know it's not <laughs> so uh, can you tell me where where does the comparison end um which sorry one more thing is you'll see these signs i'm sure you guys have seen them around that yeah. it's like black lives matter i'm like yes and science is real i'm like totally and then it's like love is love and i'm like Ugh. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yes, if you're saying First Corinthians 13, yes, of course. But I know what you mean when you're saying that. And yeah. so, like, I, there's so much, like, almost the whole thing on the sign. I'm like, yeah, right on. But can you help us understand why, where, where do we differ? Okay, so, you know, what's interesting is... Um, the world has lumped all this together, yeah. but we have the Bible. We have God's inerrant word, perfect mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. And he knows what he created us. He wove us together, is weaving us together. And he has given us um, guidelines and he has told us what is best for us mm-hmm. because he knows mm-hmm. he made us. And so with that, he said that this behavior, mm-hmm. um, he has not said, and, and there are people and we know, People who say having homosexual, same-sex attraction is part of the sin. It's actually not. It's, it's, it's brokenness. Yeah. It's, it's acknowledging that this is, a bro- this is broken in my flesh. It's a part of the fall, but to just experience Absolutely. it isn't a sin. It's a temptation. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and I think that that's, that's something for myself um, I didn't always understand. Okay, yeah. I mean, and I think and these past five, 10 years, God has really brought, I believe his real voice into that in mm. terms of me understanding that, um, there was the, not the a temptation. Tr- isn't a sin in itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's walking in that temptation, mm-hmm. um, participating in that temptation mm-hmm. and participating in homosexual behavior. God mm-hmm. says, this is not his best for us. Yeah. He, he knows, mm-hmm. but he has not said that, um, the people he created should not commingle. Right. He he didn't make that separation of his, you know, he made a separation in terms of like Israel, not commingling with um, the other outside people, but it was because of him. Mm-hmm. He wanted them to be holy. Mm-hmm. He wanted them to be set apart. But all through scripture it talks about people being woven into um Israel. Mm-hmm. So does that make any sense? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it kind of aligns with the the whole, like, you know, how can a, how can a believer in it don't be yoked to a non-believer and like not, not even from a, a racial standpoint, but from just a, a belief standpoint, if you have these foundational different belief systems that you're going to be operating out of, like, how do you, how do you have union, like, like true union with that person if they don't carry the same theological belief systems. They don't even believe in God or anything. And so, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the, the racial piece, yeah, the dividing of keeping Israel separate was, was because of that, yeah. that theological belief to keep him at the center. And it, it, that has even carried forward that he still in our marriages wants to be the center, right. you know? And so there's still even stipulations of, Hey, don't, be yoked to a non-believer, but it, it has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with, you know, any of these other socioeconomic things. I love what you said too earlier, just how you'll still be black in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm I'm not going to experience this sexual brokenness in heaven. Right. Mm. I'm going right. to be, I like the angels. That's what <laughs> Jesus said. And there's not going to be sexual brokenness. And everyone in this room, your yeah. sexual brokenness, mm-hmm. Stephanie and Steve and Matt, like it's mm-hmm. not going to be there, but you're still going to be black in heaven and I'll be pasty, pasty white. <laughs> <laughs> no, God's going to dress that up, girl. Oh, thank you. That's it true. Up. <laughs> be like Eve. She probably had a great tan. You, your, your clothes He's are going to be so, the robes are going to be so white that you will look fancy. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> He's dressing it up. And I think, guys, you know, I when I 
engage conversation or, you know, Christianity Today just had a lead article um, this last month where they were talking about uh, the tax exempt status that mm. could be removed from nonprofits. Mm. And it was a good article in that it was like, this couldn't, this won't probably be the worst. If this happens, it's likely. It's not going to be the worst. But where I struggled was that they juxtaposed people who are opposed opposed to same-sex marriage right next to... Did you read it, Stephanie? Yes. They put it right next to like literal racists who were fighting losing their tax-exempt status in the like 80s and 90s and apologized in like 2006 or something or 2009 for their racists. And so mm. it, a quick read of that would be like, oh, super conservative Christians fighting... Uh, for again, uh, fighting for segregation, essentially. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now in 2020, super conservative Christians, Lori, now this is you, fighting against losing tax exempt status because of same sex marriage. Well, then, these super conservative Christians were wrong about race. They must be wrong about same sex marriage. Idiots. The whole thing is one big thing. Did you read that? And what did you think of it, Stephanie? I thought the wording there, I was disappointed. Yeah. That's my politically correct answer. There you go. <laughs> it was disappointing. It was. It was disappointing. I, th- I think. Um, I think uh, it's one article. Yeah. And I think it. And articles are written by people. Right. But that is. But and this is really not to rag on that article. I hear this tone and this grouping in of conversation because they'll start Stephanie, like you and me, Uh it'll be someone like me who let's say is, let's say they not, don't just say they experience attractions to the same gender, but they're gay or they're whatever. So I'll say they're, I'm gay and this is who I am. And then they talk to you, Uh Stephanie. And let's say you were iffy on your theology and you, as a woman who grew up with your pain, you start mm-hmm. hearing my pain and my ostracization. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh my goodness, we're the same. Oh my goodness, this is this, we are one for one. We got to fight for each other. I've seen it guys over and over. And I'm yeah. like, oh, dear friends, your heart is right to want to have this oneness and to have this this oneness, but Matt, to your point and to your Stephanie, it's got to be oneness under God, under the Lord. And yeah. I, I think um, when you have churches, when you enter churches who are affirming, yeah, and um, they want to be inclusive, mm-hmm. um, to me, I, I, it breaks my heart because I know that there is a place where they they want to bring. Um, healing. Yes, they do. And what Stephanie means by affirming is not just affirming. Like I affirm you as a human, she means affirming of same sex marriage. So you, it breaks your heart because you're saying they want to bring healing. Their heart is genuinely in such a precious place, but, but they are not promoting what God says is best. Yeah. And again, we have to go back to, we are his, Yeah. he created us. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's, that's where the core of, I, in my mind, where the core of atheism is, um, there are people who refuse to acknowledge God because they, they, they don't want anybody in charge. They don't want to have to give an account, they think. Yeah. But we all are going to have to give an account. That's right. And so um, it, it is important to, quote unquote, split that hair. Yeah. Because really, we want people to, to have uh, a deeper walk with the Lord. And affirming this behavior is, is not going to bring that. And precious ones, this is where we really need to just like land it and look at you all is I know 
I know that we want to be so inclusive and there's a good heart desire in there. We want to be so kind and don't want to offend anyone except if we're online and then we can get snarky and stuff. But like, especially in person, (laughs) like we want to be real gentle and chill and like it's... It's no longer like I feel like 10 years ago, it like our generation, it was whatever. I'll just make all the old people mad because I believe that God is this and that. And in, in some ways, those were like good things. You know, we were fighting the people who are fighting for racist stuff, you know, like back then that was cool. Fighting for God's design for marriage is not cool. No, it is not going to win you friends. And, but here's the deal. Exactly what you just beautifully said, Stephanie, is we all are going to die one day. Yes, 100%. 100%. 100%. Unless, I don't know, Enoch or something else. Jesus, <laughs> please come back. I'm begging you, please come back. But you don't get to, you're going to go to heaven in, before the Father, mm-hmm. and you're not going to go with your friend who you're like, yeah, love is love. But God, I just, I, I said that in Romans 2, the beginning of it is not only do you do these things, which it's not just same sex stuff that's in Romans 1, but in Romans 2, he said, you encourage others to do the same. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be held accountable for our yes. hipster status of shutting our mouths and not saying, hey, yes, I know I empathize and I hear you and I love you. And you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast for five minutes, you know, we talk about grace. Mm-hmm. But there is a point that we do have to toe the line and say this. Oh, dear friend, like this is not God's best. Yes, I relate to this, but this is different in this way. All right. I feel like you want to say something. Go for it. Well, I, 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 I. Girl, you're getting that mm-hmm for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I think what's important is one thing that I've loved about this ministry mm. is that you have called the church yeah. to, to come alongside. I mean, if someone is called to singleness or to a uh, um, mixed orientation, mixed orientation yeah. you got a girl, mm-hmm. marriage, they are going to need community yep. and safe yeah. genuine, authentic community. And everybody's not going to always get that space, but you need to be listening to the Holy Spirit in your guidance. Yeah, You need to, how do I say this? Stop running your mouth. Yeah. Sometimes people have so much to say about what they don't understand. Mm. There needs to be some listening. Yeah, yeah. And hearing people's stories is a gift. Mm. When someone gives you um, their testimony or shares their story, they are gifting you yep. uh, an experience. Yep. And I think there's so much um, talking and so little listening. And I think that like we, we as a people have, have divided ourselves mm-hmm. as a church. Mm-hmm. It, it is um, sad yep. to me. And I think one thing whole in my heart ministries does mm-hmm. is they call the church out. Like, look, mm-hmm. let's open our eyes. Yep. Yep. That's it. And I love what you're saying there, Stephanie, too, is, you know, when I'm saying, hey, we got to toe the line at some point. These are with people, you know, and you love. You're not going to go do this on the Internet. It's not going to be someone you just met. And and when you when you do it, it is in this tender way. You like, hey, this is yes. Oh, I do so relate to this. And, you know, I, I this is where I disagree in that posture and in that tone. And and when you have earned that relational currency, which if you want to learn more about that, we're still we're still doing journey well workshops <laughs> so if you guys want to learn more you can get our study or hit us up we're doing a lot of these workshops and teaching you how to have those conversations how to come alongside people how to earn that relational currency 
I mean, we're happy to do that. But man, Stephanie, thank you for stepping into our world today and for helping us do this conversation um, and, and have more of these. Oh, absolutely. I, you know what? I think that in heaven, we'll look back mm-hmm. and we'll say, wow. And, and, and honestly, I know when you asked me if I would be willing to come here and share, and I'm like, absolutely, I will. Mm-hmm. And that was the Lord. I think the, mm-hmm. it's because it's easy to kind of hide your mess. <laughs> it is. It's very easy to hide your mess. Yep. It was the Lord. And I know that God has really uh, divinely orchestrated this friendship and relationship. And so just thanks for, thanks for being my friend. Girl. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, guys. um, I hope that this, I don't know, just opened up something for you in your conversations and relationships with your friends. um, And, and really just to navigate this is really messy, hard space. I think we picked two of them most challenging in the, in the culture today. But if you're both committed to God and in the Holy Spirit's work, even in the conversation, there can be such beauty and iron sharpening iron that happens. So don't be afraid guys, study up, get gritty and, um, and just have those, those conversations. So, uh, guys, we're going to link you up if you want to reach out and have a conversation with Stephanie, as we do with our friends. We're the bouncer. So hit us up first and we'll, we'll possibly forward your question on to her. I don't know if you pass our secret test. No, but we're just, <laughs> we care about our friends. Okay. So you can email us first podcast at lauriekrieg.com. That's K R I E G and Lori, not spelled like your sister, but with all the vowels, L A U R I E. As well as you can reach out to us on all the socials. Find me. Matt's not usually on the old interwebs and plus he's doing counseling notes and things like that. It's good. You're doing great. Uh, you don't have to stay off the socials. They're evil. Um, not completely, actually. There's actually some sweet things. I'm going to stop talking. Okay. We have a question of the week or next week, which is why I'm talking about social media. I post it there. And the question is, if you had to spend a day with one type of animal, what would it be and why? So like a room of snakes, a room of cats, I, maybe it'll be a room. A chinchilla, a flying tornado, I don't know what flies. Squirrel? Squirrel. <laughs> Stephanie's giving me eyes like, heck no. I think puppies, but we'll see. What would you guys want to do? Hit us up on the old socials. But man, guys, thanks for being a part of this ministry, this podcast family, and for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs>